facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Oh, what a week. It's only Wednesday, Captain, but guess what? We're going to get you over hump day. This is going to be the best day of your week, I hope, after listening to the show. Hope you can say that. Give me a call right now, 888-914-9149, It's toll-free line to talk to me for free on The Kale Clark Show. Yep, it's Wednesday. It's August the 30th, 2023. So happy that you're talking to me. You can also email the show, kale at relevantradio.com. Great place to send story ideas, stuff you think I might have a take on, C-A-L-E at relevantradio.com. You can find me on Twitter slash x at kale clark c-a-l-e clark with an e speaking of which wow I, I i found this amazing story which i want to share with you later this show is about faith facts and fun and this is kind of more of a factual story it knocked my socks off and and, and it was just wild it's a fascinating peek behind the curtain as it were the hospital curtain in this case about what healthcare is really like in america for the ultra-rich, and I'm going to tell you something. It's probably a lot different from what you're experiencing. Now, it's it's not always about the elite, and I'll, and I'll get into this, but this is an absolute. This story blew me away, and it was I, I was fascinated by it. I hope you will be too. So definitely stick around for that. But I want to also ask this question off the top because this is a question that I get a lot. What happens if God? doesn't seem to answer your prayers. A lot of people ask me this question, why isn't God answering my prayer? I, I'm not so sure that he isn't, <laughs> but uh, we might have a bit of a misunderstanding about this. 888-914-9149 is the number to call. It's Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. There are, there are a lot of scripture passages that seem to indicate on the surface of things at least, that our prayers are automatically going to get answered. Here's what it says in James chapter 1, verse 5. I love the letter of James. It's just so practical, so much practical wisdom. And speaking of wisdom, James writes, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously without reproach, and it will be given him. And I pray this prayer a lot. I ask God for a lot of wisdom because I'm not the sharpest knife in, in the drawer necessarily, and I need it. I need heavenly wisdom. What about the Apostle John, who was so close to our Lord? In 1 John chapter 5, he writes these words, If we know that God hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. We've got it. We've got the request. We, if, if, if he hears us, we know that he hears us, we know that we've got it. We have the requests that we have asked of him. Even Jesus himself said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. This is, of course, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And he goes on to say this in, in John's gospel, in John chapter 15. This is the, the famous passage about the vine and the branches, if you abide in me, you know, you, you've got to abide in me just like the, the branches abide in the vine. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John fifteen seven. whatever I wish, well, uh, how long is my list here? Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. 
He says that in the very next chapter, John 16, verse 23. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Okay, so on the surface of things, that sounds pretty good. It almost sounds like a blank check in a certain sense. But we know it's not quite that simple. It's not quite that simple when it comes to these uh, doors that are going to be flung open and these prayers that, that we want to be answered. It seems like a lot of our prayers, in fact, are unanswered. And what we read about in Scripture sometimes conflicts with what we experience in everyday life. We've all had the the opportunity to not receive from the Father whatever we ask. We, we If you're like me, you probably asked him for some pretty outlandish stuff. Um, and the door doesn't seem to be open. Sometimes doors are slammed in our faces. So how can we really make sense of, of how God wants us to look at prayer, especially when it comes to unanswered prayers or prayers that are not answered in the way that that we would like. You're listening to The Gail Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones right now. Our good friend Patrick in Austin, Texas is on the line. Hey, Patrick, it's good to hear from you again. Hey, Cale. Thank you for taking my call. Good to hear from you, too. I was going to say that, you know, I think I've finally lived long enough to realize that um, some of the things that I prayed for, and it took a long time, that God did not grant to me were just not meant to be. And, and it was mm. probably a good thing uh, that I didn't get them. So I think you just have to wait it out and wait long enough to find out that um, some of the things you're praying for just aren't meant to be. Yeah, you know, Patrick, that's that's a great point. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. I had an interesting conversation about this with producer Jim off air as well. And uh, I don't know if you want to share what you said, Jim, but I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was an interesting story. No, <laughs> he says no. Okay, all right, but. Uh, at the Christmas party, he might share. I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll get him going. But no, I'm only kidding. But, but I think we've all had that experience. And Patrick, I, I, I appreciate you saying that because sometimes when we zoom out, we get that, you know, ten thousand feet look, thirty thousand feet, like we're up in an airplane. We can see the the greater expanse of our lives from, you know, from a great period of time. Get some perspective on on, on a lot of things that we were asking for, and they, if they, if our prayers had been granted. What would have happened? Uh, I could think about you know silly example, but girls that I wanted to notice me in high school, and and man, I if if my prayers had been answered back then, that would have been a disaster. So, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, enough said about that. But but we all we all have had this experience about funny stuff like that, and, and maybe even very very deadly serious things as well. Well, here's the thing: I'm going to kind of give you the answer off the top, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. The truth is that every prayer is answered. God does answer all of our prayers. And the answer is either yes, no. We're going to talk about sometimes when God said no, flat out. He actually said no. (laughs) Or wait. Sometimes it's not the right time. It's not the right time. Or, Or he will answer it maybe in a different way than we think that he should. I read, I read an interesting uh, piece about this by Dr. Daniel Brenzel, who wrote about uh, reasons why prayers aren't answered the way that we would necessarily like. And, and really, they're the three I's. Iniquity, ignorance, and intimacy. It, it, fascinating. Iniquity, ignorance, and intimacy. I want to break this down a little bit. It was an, it was an interesting piece because... Sometimes the thing that obstructs 
the answer to our prayer, he, he says, is, is sin. And it's our sin. God, God does not sin. Christ is sinless. When Jesus says the Father will give us whatever we ask, don't forget, don't forget what, what he actually says, his actual words in John chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus says, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So are you, are you asking it in the name of Jesus? Now, what do, what do we mean by that when we say we're, we're praying in the name of Jesus? We can't say this is some sort of a magic phrase, a, a password that's always going to open the door. When we, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we have to, our prayer has to be in line with his character, his thought, what he wants, his will for his glory. What, even in the chapter right before this, in John chapter 15, verse 7, again, this whole idea of abiding in, in Jesus, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So most people love, love the second part. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But they forget to read the first part. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. If you're living in Christ, and, and, and his words are really living in you, and, and, and the message of the gospel is actually not just something that you carry around in your, in your head, but you're actually living it out, head, heart, and hands. It's getting down to the rest of you as well. It's coming through in your actions and what you say, what you do, how you behave, how you pray. Then we're, we're kind of on, on, on a much firmer footing here. That, that's for sure. But if we're, if we're sort of wanting our own way to take precedence, our own will to be done, that's never going to be a recipe for success when it comes to prayer. Uh, it's not my will. It's thy will be done. And so we, we and Peter talks about this too. First Peter chapter three verse seven. He Peter's talking to our first pope. He's talking to husbands, and he says, "Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. They are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered." So I mean, the specific use case there is is hey, you've got to show honor to your wife, but but the. But one of the, the sidebar things that he says there is that so that your prayers may not be hindered. It is possible that your prayers might be hindered because you're not living in accord with God's will. You're not living in accord, in accord with God's will. Now, and this is one of the things that, that the author talks about, people who, are, who sort of make a habit, make a lifestyle of my will be done, not living in accord with God's will, they, they don't. They're not praying, so they're not. They're, they don't really. They're not too tied up and worried about prayers that are not answered because they're not even praying. But sometimes we can be very, very. We're really good at fooling ourselves. We we think that we're living for God. We think that we're uh, that we're living in accord with His will, and we, and we ask the question, "Why isn't He answering my prayer?" But again, this this is where James comes to the rescue. James is so practical. He says, "You ask and you do not receive." This is in James chapter four verses 3, 4, and 5. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, 
He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Imagine if your parish priest talked like that in his homily. You adulterous people. Yeah, hey, there might be some complaints going to the bishop, but, but James is right on about this. Absolutely, because what's our motivation in asking for a lot of the stuff that we ask for in prayers? Some of it's selfishness. It's not, how can I be, make myself a gift to the others? How can I uh, be more like Jesus on the cross, a total gift of self? No, it's, I want this, I, I want that. And some of the stuff is for our own glory. It's not, not for, for God's glory. Well, we got we to sort of open our eyes to, to what's really going on here. And a lot of the saints talk about this. Saint, actually, I heard a quote from St. Augustine. It was the feast day of St. Augustine a couple days ago. And uh, Brooke Taylor, was it just yesterday? Was it yesterday, Jim? Feast of St. Augustine? It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. And uh, Brooke Taylor, yeah, today's Wednesday, so it was yesterday, yeah. So Brooke Taylor is sitting in for me. Thank you, Brooke. Uh, did such a great job last night. And uh, one, one of the things that I noted that St. Augustine said was, when God looks, if, God, if we could see ourselves the way that God sees us, We'd, a lot of us would be in for a shock. Now, some, some people would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's about right. <laughs> um, I don't think there are necessarily going to be any big surprises at the Judgment Day. We're, we're right with God. Mo- most of us are somewhat aware, but not always. Not always. But if we could see our soul the way God sees it from his perspective, whew, some of us might die of the shock right on the spot. It, it, but, th- but this is why I think we really need a spiritual director in our lives. And this is why we have a show on Relevant Radio called The Inner Life, which is all about spiritual direction and thank god we have the show because so many people call in who don't have access to uh, a spiritual director in person and then the priests that come on the show it's kind of sur- can serve as your director in, in a certain sense you can call and ask questions patrick conley hosts this show uh, every day on relevant radio so check it out and but i do think if possible if you can get to an in-person spiritual director and just and, and it only really works if you open your soul to this person and, and just kind of lay it out there don't try to hide. Um, don't try to make yourself look at it. It's the same when you go to confession. Just, just You're not going to say anything that's going to shock the priest. He's heard, he's literally heard it all before. And in fact, I'm, I'm not a priest, but I'm sure that a priest would back me up on this if there's any priests or bishops listening, that it's actually, I mean, they, they go to confession too, right? Um, a priest friend of mine was over at my house last night and he just said, I, I went to confession this morning. And, and so when the priest... He was talking to my daughter because she's getting ready to make her first uh, her first confession, her first communion. And and one of the things he said to her was, you know, when it, when a priest hears someone's confession, some, sometimes the penitent is is very afraid to to say these things, admit what they've done. But but when they when they do it, even if it's something really tough to say, the the priest you know respects that. This person is trying to be holy. This this person is really really trying to to seek God. And so uh, it's. St. Jose Maria said it's the tongue-tied devil. You know, the enemy wants you to, to not say it because of pride. And so we, we've got to get over that. We, we've got to absolutely get over that. So, but, but, but part of it is just being self-aware. Uh, in, the, in the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah says this, Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? You know, this is people kind of complaining to God. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. This is God responding. And oppress all your workers, you know. Yeah, you're keeping the fast day, you're keeping the feast day, you're making sure that you, you're fulfilling your religious obligations, but you're oppressing your workers. And, and you, don't, you don't see the, the, how, how incongruous this is. You, you don't think that God takes notice of this? Come on. 
So this is part of the reason why we feel like our prayers aren't being answered sometimes. Sometimes it's our own iniquity. And, and that's the first I here when, we, when you think about, it's never a problem with God, it's always a problem with me. It's I. Iniquity, but there's also ignorance, and there's intimacy. Oof. We'll, we'll talk about that after the break. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. Helping you keep your mind off traffic and on the more important things in life. It's Kale Clark on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-914-9149 is the toll-free line to talk to me on the Kale Clark Show. 888-914-9149. We're talking about unanswered prayer today. And of course, there always is an answer. It's either yes, no, or wait. Uh, or maybe I'm going to answer this in, in a different way than what you think, but we, we talked before the break about, about iniquity, about how sin can sometimes get in the way of our prayer, our, our misplaced uh, desires, and sometimes our, our ignorance about where, where we're really at with God. And there's another word that starts with I that can explain this a little bit too. It's the word ignorance. And uh, Daniel Brenzel, Dr. Daniel Brenzel, has written a, a piece about unanswered prayer. And what he says about this is intriguing as well. That, okay, sometimes we're, we're not in, in an obvious kind of state of sin. We're not, we're not ignorant about uh, what God wants to do in our life. We have some idea about his will. But still, God doesn't answer our prayers. And we, we can sometimes pray for really good stuff. We want the conversion of a friend who's far from God or an unbelieving family member. I want them to come back to Mass. Uh, the health of our parish. Injustice, that some injustice that's happening in the culture. But we can still feel uh, like the heavens are, are brass. They're just, they're just closed to us. So sometimes, though, obviously our finite minds can't always understand what God is up to. <laughs> and, that, and that makes sense. We, we've got to have a lot of humility here. Uh, and God's character never changes. Who, who he is never changes. As it says in the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we need to, to figure out what God's up to in our lives, our world, our situation. But it's never going to conflict with his, his character. Somebody who really had to figure this out the hard way was Abraham, our father in faith. And I did a series on... Genesis on the Faith Explained program called the Genesis series, and we talked about Father Abraham, and it's so intriguing because God promised to bless all nations through him, specifically through his offspring. And we all know that Abraham, being pretty advanced in age as he was, he tried to take matters into his own his own hands. He tried to be his own counselor, if you will, and his wife Sarah was advanced in age, well past childbearing years, and he thought, God can't possibly want to give Sarah a child. So he goes to, of course, Hagar, uh, and uh, sort of makes her his concubine, and they do have a child named Ishmael. But he wasn't the one that God had in mind for this great blessing. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 18 Abraham was kind of pleading out, okay, let, let's let my plan work out here. He said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But what did God say in response? This is one of the times when God said flat out, no. 
This is Genesis chapter 17, verse 19, the very next verse. God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. So God did give Abraham what he said he was going to, but but not, not the way that Abraham prayed for it. I mean, Abraham was like, can we somehow make this work through Isaac or through Ishmael? And God's like, no, no, it's going to be Isaac. It's going to be the son that Sarah will bear uh, for you. And through Isaac, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. So sometimes the same thing can happen to us. Sometimes we pray, hey, we want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we we don't often see an answer to that prayer, at least in the way that, that we want it to be answered. And the letter to the Hebrews puts it, puts it quite well. Speaking of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Now in putting everything in subjection to him, that's to Jesus, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. We, we don't. When we look at the world, it's pretty obvious that a lot of it is not in subjection to Jesus and his ways. And that causes us a lot of stress. And that's certainly also true when it when it comes to our prayers as well. But the prayers are heard by God. In, in Revelation chapter 8, it talks about the prayers of the saints gathered like, like incense. It, it says, Another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So all of these prayers that we pray for for God's kingdom to to take control here, they will be answered. They're they're like incense before God. He will remember them, and and he is not going to ignore them. But sometimes we are ignorant about the way of prayer in our life. And we can't give up. We can't give up asking for, for these things. The other day we were talking about Catholics and superstition on the show. I, I believe that was on Monday's show. And and one of the, the questions in our superstition quiz was, can you pray the same prayer over and over again, somewhat like like a mantra? Is is that superstitious? And it's not really a mantra in, in a pagan kind of way because it's it's the words of Scripture that we can use as a prayer. Think about what that that father says to Jesus in Mark chapter 9. I believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus like, like, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can heal your son? Yeah, I believe. Help my unbelief. And in a way, it's very much like like, uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet and and Jesus, I trust in you. That that great uh, line, that great prayer that we can pray that's always under the image of Divine Mercy Jesus, I trust in you. I believe. Help my unbelief. It's kind of the same prayer in a certain way. And, and, and that's how we have to kind of approach it. So that, that's the second I. There, there's iniquity. There's, there's ignorance. But there's also intimacy. There's also intimacy. And, and sometimes, and this is one of the things that Dr. Brenzel talks about uh, in his article. He says, quote, It may be true that our frustration in prayer is often tied to our ignorance, but it's probably not terribly comforting. And we must acknowledge that iniquity can hinder our prayers, but we're also prone to try to fix the problem by 
being self-reliant. And we need another way. We need, we need more help. And, and one of the things that, that, that God said to Abraham, when he, when he did say no, okay, Abraham, you've got this idea, you've got this prayer that you're praying, and he did say no, but he also said this, he, it's no but. I, I did hear you. I did hear you when what you prayed about Ishmael in Genesis seventeen twenty. He says, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I shall make him into a great nation. So he's kind of reassuring Abraham that hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of everything. You can trust me with all these situations. I, I'm, so when I, when I say no, God is, is basically telling Abraham, when I say no, it's, it's, because, it's not because I'm not hearing your prayer. It's because I've got a better plan. I've got a better way. And here's another thing that, that, that is, is crucial for us to remember as well. Jesus promised that we would have times in our prayer life when it would seem like God wasn't answering our prayers. This should be really comforting to us. When you, when you look at Luke chapter 18, that famous parable that Jesus tells of the unjust judge, what does he say? He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And won't God not give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? And so, God is not like this unjust judge who, who, who just sees prayer as a bother. He, he's always concerned about his children and what they're asking for. But there, there are times when we're going to feel like that, that God is not listening, like this unjust judge. And in the Psalms, the Psalms are really good at encapsulating a lot of the problems that we have in the spiritual life, in the human condition. Psalm 69, verse 3, it says, I am weary with crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. Seems like a long time. Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnest, Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That, that's not an outlier type experience. The, the, this is the, sort of the common experience that we can expect in prayer. They're, they're gonna, it's going to seem like God's not listening. Think about Mother Teresa. Think about the, the 40, 50 years she had. I forget exactly how long it was, uh, uh, the dark night of the soul. When, when everybody thought, I mean, this is when she was at the height of her, her notoriety in the world, her fame, for what she was doing with, with the Sisters of the Poor in Calcutta. She was at that time in an incredible desert of spiritual dryness, and it lasted for decades. And so it, that was her experience. I don't think you and I should expect anything much better. I mean, there are going to be those times, but we have to learn that God is there and he's still listening even if he, he's sort of withholding those sensory kind of rewards from us, the warm fuzzies that sometimes we feel in prayer. We, we like to get those. And we're listening to a homily or something. Oh, we, we kind of know God's speaking to us. Or we read scripture. and Oh, that was for me. But she didn't feel anything for, for decades. And so this is something that we, we, we have to just kind of be aware of. And, and it should be 
strangely encouraging to us in a certain way that, that this happens to saints far holier than, than you and me. So we got to understand that, that this was kind of built into the gospel message itself, that there, there is and there will be times where we feel like prayer is not being answered. Think about the time between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. There, there's, that, there's that Holy Saturday where, where, where God is silent, when, when everybody seems to have lost hope except for Our Lady. And that's part of that's part of the salvation story, and that silence of God. And Jesus, by the way, he he prayed, "Oh, can, Father, if it's possible, can this cup of suffering can this pass from me? Can, is there another way we can do this?" And the answer, even for him, was no, no. This has to be the way. He said, "All right, let, let," and he did it, of course. And and so that that time between good friday and easter sunday sometimes that's that's kind of an extended time it's far longer than a day it can be a year it can be decades for us at times but there there will be that that resurrection in the end and so this should be really encouraging to us and and then finally the the last last example we can think of on this front there's probably much more that we could say and I'd love to hear your experience with this 888-914-9149 is the example of Job. When we read the book of Job, Job suffered an awful lot, and, and he had a lot of questions for God, a lot of questions for God about what was going on, why, why could he, how could he possibly allow this? And he never got answers to his questions. God never responded specifically to anything he was saying. God had a few questions of his own. Like, where were you when I created the heavens and the earth, the foundations of the world? Why are you questioning me? But he got something much better than answers to his questions. And, and Peter Kraft, friend of the program, he, he used to say this all the time, that Job got something much better than answers. He got the answerer. <laughs> he got God himself. And, and that's, that's ultimately all he, he needed. And, and, and so this idea of a, a severe mercy, there, a friend of uh, Peter Kraft, very fond of this author, Sheldon Van Alken, who wrote this book called A Severe Mercy, if if in some way you don't get answers to your prayers the way that you want, that can somehow be a mercy from God because at, at the end of the day, if it leads you closer to God himself, this gives you more faith, and that that is far better than any answer that we ever could have hoped for. Got to take a quick break right now on the Kale Clark Show, but we'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. 888-914-9149. Man of stairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. This is the Kale Clark Show giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to the program on this Wednesday, 888-914-9149 is the number to call toll-free to talk to me. I, I promised you I'd share with you this story that kind of blew me away a little bit about how different it is, what the healthcare system in America is like for the uber-rich, for the, for the elite of society, and how different it is for everyday person on the street and, and, and as a, and as a Canadian you guys really need to educate me on this a, a little bit more 
And by the way, you can follow me on Twitter. I saw this. I saw this um, this thread on Twitter. This is where I became alerted to this. And you can uh, follow me there at Kale Clark, C A L E Clark with an E. You can kind of tag me there. Uh, if you see a story that you think might grab my attention, I happened upon this tweet by this guy named Will Manitis. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, um, but he, he's in the healthcare industry. And, and this is what he said. He said, last year, I paid thousands of dollars for a physical at one of the best hospitals in America. I wanted to see how different healthcare was for the ultra-rich and what this meant for the rest of the healthcare system. Here's what I learned. So, this is wild stuff. I, I was not aware of this. There's something called executive physicals. I, I don't know, producer Jim. Have you ever heard of executive physicals? Have you ever had an executive physical? Nope. Okay, me neither. <laughs> so, what what is this? It's ultra high end luxury concierge care, and, and so this guy Will Manita said, I, "I've never known anybody who has done this personally, but he found himself with a little bit of extra cash in his pocket, and he said, you know what I'm going to do.'" I'm actually going to invest in this for myself just so I can see what this is like. And he tried it out. So what's this all about? An executive physical is a multi-day exhaustive medical exam. And the word executive should, should clue you into the fact that a lot of corporate CEOs do this, a, a lot of uh, uh, individuals who have some means. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. They came by it in an honest way. Fantastic. Um, and I'm sure they're, they're quite generous and, 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 and it's not just, by the way, it's not just the, the, the ultra rich who do this. Some, some other people just save up money so they can do this just so they can do this. Um, but it's a multi-day process and they advertise it as a way to optimize your health and to mitigate long-term health risks. And apparently this is, it's very common in a lot of cities where they have a major, teaching hospital an academic medical center so mount sinai new york city uh stuff like that so you can get one of these for a few thousand dollars for the low low price of a few thousand dollars per year and so what this guy wilmanitis did he signed up for, for an eight month waiting list so he could get a spot and your appointment actually starts months before you even get there this is pretty wild they send you a set of surveys intake surveys and they, and they try to, to, to match you up with what you're concerned about, what, what you're worried about with your health. Maybe you're a little bit, a few pounds overweight. Maybe you've got a family history of something that you're worried about. Um, whatever the case may be, they try to match up your concerns with all kinds of specialists, um, whether it's uh, an ophthalmologist, uh, whether it's an auditory specialist, whether it's uh, a heart uh, physician, I, I don't know. So fr from all the surveys they send you, they, they curate an experience for you when you're on site at the hospital. So in, in the case of this guy, Will Manitis, he said it was three 12-hour days. That was going to be his executive uh, concierge service, if you will, for his physical. Three 12-hour days. That, that, is, that sounds kind of punishing. Um, so it's just totally exhaustive, and it deals with everything, stuff you're concerned about, and also things that are appropriate for, for your age, where, where you're at, th things that you need to watch out for. So a few weeks before he flew out to his appointment, he got, he got a six-page schedule that was sent to him. This is what you're going to be doing. And then the concierge guy calls him. It's like staying in a high-end hotel. The concierge calls and says, hey, I'm going to deal with all your concern. I'm going I'm to book a hotel for you. I'm going to set you up with transportation from the airport to the hotel. 
dinner if you hey if you if you if you want some dinner reservations i can do that for you as well entertainment uh maybe and i don't know what city he went to i think it was somewhere in the north or northeast because uh, he went in february he said it was sub-zero so if it was new york city let's say hey i'll set you up with tickets on broadway in the evening uh, pff, these guys just kind of do everything for you so when he finally got there he said it could not have been any different it couldn't have been more unlike anything he'd ever experienced in a hospital because as soon as he got to the hospital, he was he was whisked away to what was called the quote unquote executive health center, and he said it was like a, it was like a I don't know if you guys remember We Work remember that whole controversy that scandal with We Work that guy Adam I can't remember his last name who started this they made a movie out of it and uh, this idea of you know everyone just sort of rents this workspace and it's really kind of cool and, and interactive and. He said it was kind of like that. It was like a WeWork space. It had free Wi-Fi. There was a free catered kitchen with all kinds of food. Um, there were special little rooms you could go into that you could work while, you know, privately while you're there. And it's kind of your home base while you're there. And, and every, every, every little thing about your experience was curated. He said there was a desk. There was somebody sitting at the desk. If you had any problem with your schedule, they'd, they'd rearrange it for you. There were handlers that were there to make sure that you didn't get lost as you're going to your various tests everywhere in the hospital. And he said it was packed. It was February. He said it was a sub-zero day. It was really cold. But that particular day, this executive center was full. It, it, thousands of people go through this every year at this particular hospital. And so he, he had a lot of tests done, blood tests. He said he had to pee in a cup. He had imaging done. He had dermatology workups done. Um, a full eye and hearing exam. It just went on and on. He was running on a treadmill, testing his heart, all these wires hooked up to him. And he was like, okay, like nothing, nothing kind of out of the ordinary about these tests other than it was not rushed at all. They took their time with you. Every, every test was like clockwork. And he said every doctor that he met was absolutely the nicest person that he's ever talked to in his life. I mean, they, they would answer any question that you had and anything that you were concerned about, they weren't like, oh, we'll get back to you in a few weeks. They are like, oh, we'll deal with this today. We'll follow up with this like later today, this afternoon. But that's not all. That's not all. There were extra services as well, too. There, there were massages that you could get. Um, there, were, there were little restaurants with, with special dietitians for, that would cater to, to every whim. Any, any kind of food that you wanted... Uh, if you had any religious uh, issues with food or, or cultural issues, no problem. Anything you want was available. And apparently, he, he had kind of run out of money at this point, so he couldn't take advantage of this. But he said everybody else that was there w was raving about these extra spa services and restaurant services. So this is just wild stuff, these executive physicals. And then at the end of it all, sort of at the beginning and at the end, he had an hour-long appointment with, with a doctor to, to dive into everything possible that you can imagine about, about your health, the roadmap, where you're going, what you should do at this point. Uh, they'll answer any question that you have. And, and he, and you know, he, he's kind of in good health. He works in the healthcare industry. He said, all right, it wasn't really anything that I wasn't expecting. It was, Hey, you should do more cardio, figure out ways to, to lower your stress a little bit. Um, and he felt that oh, I was, I was quite comforted by the experience. I knew that ultimately at the end there, everything was okay. And so, so what's the takeaway from all this? The, these executive physicals, and if you if you've had one of these, give me a call. This is really intriguing to me. I've I've, I've never heard about this before. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. How about this? Would you pay for this? 
I don't know what kind of care you're getting from your doctor, from your current medical situation, but w- would you pay extra? Would you save up money so you could do this once a year? W- would, would you think it'd be worth it? Uh, this guy, Will Manita, says, quote, I walked away believing that executive physicals are the most obvious sign of what is to come for our healthcare system because middle-class patients and upper-class patients are opting out of the system entirely, replacing it with a pay-as-needed, sort of on a cash format, pay-as-needed for these services to enhance and optimize your health. So this is absolutely wild. People who, who have the means, they don't want to go to their doctor and be in and out in 13 minutes. Although, see, so you ask a couple of quick questions, sorry, you're fine, and then psh, on to the next person. They're willing to pay. They're willing to pay for better service. So, Will Manita says, this leaves our normal healthcare system in the dust, struggling with access, struggling with the cost of care, struggling with burnt-out health providers, more patients leaving the system en masse for an even more inaccessible level of care, is perhaps unavoidable, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a downside to, to all of this as well. Um, but I, I thought this is this just wild. And obviously, it's a, it's a huge business for for these hospitals. Um, how much they're 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 taken in from this, and uh, um, and he he even says like a lot of the people that he met in these in these executive physicals were not Fortune 500 executives. They weren't all CEOs. They weren't all C-suite uh, individuals. Some of them were. Some of them had, had had a lot of means, but a lot of them weren't. They, they were simply, quote-unquote, normal people who, who thought it was worth it to spend a good chunk of their income, fly across the country, in order to get a quality of health care that they cannot get at home or that they don't think that they can get at home. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever tried this? Would you pay for it? 888 nine one four nine so this is just really interesting and then he starts speculating there's this guy named andrew dr andrew huberman i don't know if you've heard about the huberman lab podcast it's one of the most popular podcasts in the world i think it's fascinating it's really interesting and he's like what what if huberman kind of co-branded like did something like this and kind of put his name on it and said hey you can come talk to me and get your executive physical we do a retreat out of it uh make it kind of an interesting experience that that's kind of an interesting idea um, and just this, this idea that, that, hey, you're willing to pay to have the top medical experts in America deal with your issues. And, and, and just you can rest assured knowing that you've done everything possible that you can do to set yourself up for the best possible outcome with your health. And I don't know what you guys think of this. I would love to hear about this. So let's go to the phones right now. 888 9149. Let's go to Kathy in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Kathy. Hi there. I was just wondering what the total cost was because that first $2,000 might have been just all the book work and the sorting out of all of his appointments and stuff and setting up things. Yeah, yeah I, and, that's a good good question. Like, how much did it cost? He doesn't actually mention this in, in his thread. Um, some of the commenters are suggesting that it might have been, you know, $30,000 or, or more or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, so so he has not actually said, as far as I can find here, I'm just kind of going through the comments here. So, um, but nonetheless, um, it, uh, it, it was, it was not, uh, not inexpensive, not inexpensive, at least for, for most people. 
So, but yeah, I, I don't. I unfortunately don't have the the uh, the answer to this. But again, hospitals like the Mayo Clinic would offer the, these types of services. Um, if you know, if anybody knows how much this would actually cost, uh, give me a call. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. I just thought it was really an interesting story. Like I, I, I mean, I think if if I had the means, I would I would totally do this. I would totally do this because if you're not healthy, you can't really help anybody else. It's like you need to you need to put your oxygen mask on first before you can save the person next to you. And it's often been said, a healthy man or a healthy woman, they want a thousand different things, but a sick person only wants one. You know, they just want to be healthy again. And, and it's, we have to take care of, we have to be good stewards of uh, the health that God has given us, the, the, the bodies that he's given us, and uh, we can't take them for granted. Especially as, as the older I get, the more I realize, I, I want to be there for, for people who are counting on me and uh, maybe not be so cavalier about my health. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, Faith, Facts, and Fun. Let's go to Josh in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, staying in the state of Wisconsin. Hey, Josh. Well, hey, Kale, uh, thanks for taking my call. I was calling in regards to what an interesting topic uh, in regards to kind of the Western medicine and kind of an mm-hmm. alternative look at it. A very popular way of doing that with the concierge pay-as-you-go, uh, trying to get into one of those uh, to get some, some answers for some ongoing health concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wait list was several months to get in, but wow. you know, I went ahead and did that. And uh, it's definitely a very popular way. Uh, great experience. Uh, what you were talking about, uh, the uh, the doctors and nurses there, very personable and great to work with. And they'll sit down, but you pay for every 15 minutes that you're there. You're there. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll sit there and listen as long as you're there to talk to them. But, mm. uh, you know, you do pay for it. But it's, it's shown some great results very positive experience there interesting yeah well hey josh i appreciate you sharing thank, thank you very much for calling in and uh thanks for sharing your your personal experience uh on this it's um it, it's intriguing for sure and um i mean i i'm a canadian so and a lot of people look at the the canadian system and they think you guys have it made and some people are scared about, about what we have i mean a, a lot of the, the government the government obviously through our taxes sets up a lot of the health care um not everything, contrary to popular belief, not everything is covered uh, by by your taxes. Not, not even close. Like it doesn't cover. It used to, but it doesn't cover your your vision care. It doesn't cover dental care. Very often uh, through your work plan, you'll get something like that. Or some people just buy their own insurance for that because that that can get super super pricey. Believe me, I just I just went to the dentist uh, a few days ago, and I'm not even going to tell you how much it cost. I was shocked, but. Um, but sometimes there there are these huge wait times. Yeah, you can get in for, like, if you have a serious um, issue, you need surgery, you can get in. But sometimes you might have to wait. Where in the United States, if you have a good plan or if you have the means, you, there is a way to get in maybe a little bit quicker. Let's go to Patrick in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's got an interesting take on this. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Kale. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Tell me about your thoughts I, on I this. Actually, I am a healthcare provider, and I do, uh, I, I work in a rural area, and and I do actually see people uh, that are cash pay, but also the big problem is going to be is a lot of these people just can't afford to do this. They, they're reliant mm-hmm. on Medicare and Medicaid and and that type of stuff mm-hmm. uh, for all of their health care. So it, it's, uh, it's really a, 
a tricky a tricky place to be. Yeah, it is tricky so, for sure. What 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 do you do? You see, like, uh, what what are some possible solutions that you can think of, or or what would if you were in charge? What would you have any ideas on this? Well, I you know I I do. I I would like to see providers to group more and and actually offer some more uh, just cash based services. And there are some of them out there where different providers. You know, you get general physicians, cardiologists, ophthalmologists, uh, physical therapists. Uh, all together and people will pay a monthly fee and they have almost 24 hour access to somebody. So mm, yeah. I do like that idea. But again, there's just so many people, especially in, in some of these rural states, especially here in New yeah. Mexico where we're, we have a lot of poverty that they just can't afford to do that. Yeah, that, that's, that's often the case, Patrick, for sure. And a lot of people avoid going to see the doctor because they, they just, they can't afford it if they don't have a good, a healthcare plan provided by their employer, that that sort of thing, um, they they will not get very often the, the care that they need. Hey, Patrick, I really appreciate that call. Thank thank you for listening to the program. It is the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. I yeah, I just thought it was an interesting topic. It just it just fascinated me this idea that that you can, if you have the means, have an executive experience and, and just get everything worked up. Um, and that 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 is that just kind of blew me blew me away it blew me away and um, and I didn't know that this was out there that, that this was an option for people and and it's apparently a, a cottage industry to say the least so wow wow and uh, we we try to figure out solutions for body and soul here on Relevant Radio and I want to remind you that we've just started a new series on the Faith Explained program called Jesus One Hundred and One and we're kind of going back to school together on Jesus how do we know what we know about Jesus. How can we be sure about this? What do we believe about him and why do we believe it? Uh, our faith is always under attack in the culture, I'm sure you'd agree. And St. Peter says we've got to have an answer for people who, who ask us, why, why do we believe what we do? So it's kind of going back to basics on Jesus. Uh, how do we know that he existed, uh, that he did miracles, that he rose from the dead, facts, features about his life? I think you'll find it hopefully fascinating so join me 1230 central for the faith explained tomorrow or check the podcast i'll be back of course for the kale clark show on thursday 5 p.m central right here on relevant radio stay tuned for timory and the family rosary across america jim shaper produced patrick aylock took your phone calls take it away michaela thank you for listening to my daddy